0: All the different reading approaches we're looking at say they provide multi-sensory instruction. Is that where they use all those art supplies and draw in sand? I think my middle schooler will find that way too babyish. I'm Jenny Sherson, ex-special educator turned dyslexia interventionist. It wasn't so long ago that I too was overwhelmed by balanced literacy versus structured literacy, education speak, and everything in between. Fast forward after many, many hours of self-driven education, and you'll see I've built a thriving dyslexia practice helping students from age six to 18. My specialties, working with a quote-unquote difficult, almost always too-e student, and breaking down the complexities of dyslexia into everyday language strategies and action steps. Before we dive in, have you heard? We have our new good book section on our website. It's a new and growing feature. Our goal is for it to be your one-stop shop for books about learning and dyslexia for adults and kids. It will help you support your child through their dyslexia neurodiverse journey. We'll dive into it. This month, we're highlighting the second edition of Dyslexia Advocate by Kelly Sandman Hurley. The original edition of this book was one of my all-time favorite resources to share with parents who have recently had a child diagnosed with dyslexia. It is a wealth of information. I myself frequently refer back to it when I need to refresh my memory, or I'm looking for a little clarity on a particular topic. If your child is dyslexic and you are navigating the public school systems, this book is a must-have. We've put a link to our Good Books page in the show notes below. Go ahead, hit pause and bookmark the page for later. We'll wait for you. When I say multisensory instruction, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Do you suddenly picture kids writing in sand trays or forming letters out of Play-Doh? Well, both of these can be fun, and I've used them both to help engage or re-engage a student. On their own, these types of kinesthetic or tactile activities are not what Orton and Gillingham meant when they advocated incorporating multisensory techniques into reading instruction. Back in the 1920s, Dr. Orton began looking at incorporating multisensory techniques into reading instruction. He was influenced by the work done by Grace Fernald, who had begun incorporating skywriting and other kinesthetic techniques into her writing instruction, now known as the Fernald method. Sky writing involves writing in the air while simultaneously saying the names and the sounds of the letters. Both Orton and Fernald believe that kinesthetic methods reinforced visual and auditory associations. Personally, I like to think of it as similar to building muscle memory. I've had students who would look at a letter and couldn't remember the letter name or sound. When I ask them to trace it and see if anything pops into their head, more often than not, halfway through tracing the letter, they'll shout out, oh, followed by the correct letter name or sound. In its purest form, multisensory instruction simultaneously ties in the visual, auditory, and kinesthetic senses. A student is using all these pathways in their brain at the same time. They see, hear through vocalization, and write a letter, word, or phrase as they learn to read. They're using their eyes, their ears, their voice, and their bodies. Throughout a drill or task, each sense influences and supports the other. We know that Dr. Orton then went on to work with Anna Gillingham. Anna Gillingham, working with Bessie Stillman, incorporated this into their teaching manual and created the Language Triangle to show how the visual, auditory, and kinesthetic senses are used to reinforce each other during instruction. This triangle is sometimes known as the VAC or the VACT, the V-A-K or V-A-K-T triangle which visual auditory kinesthetic or kinesthetic tactile. It took the first letter of each of those words to create an an acronym. Now, picture a triangle. If you're like me and need visuals, you might want to grab pencil and paper and draw this out as we go. Draw a triangle. Just above the top point of the triangle is the word visual. Just off the right point is kinesthetic. And off the left point, is auditory. Along each side of the triangle are double sided arrows. The arrow between visual and kinesthetic is labeled V K, between kinesthetic and auditory, A K, and between auditory and visual, A V. The arrows are double sided to show that the connections between the senses move in multiple directions and are bi directional between two points. Draw it out or Google language triangle and you get a much better understanding of how the senses work together. So here's where the controversy with multisensory comes in. There's always a controversy somewhere when it comes to teaching reading. As of right now, there are no studies that can prove or disprove the effectiveness of incorporating multisensory tasks. There are plenty of experienced clinicians who see a value and can cite examples of it working. I shared my own experience a few seconds ago, but again, on the research side, there has not yet been any definitive proof. The other complaint I see about using a multi-sensory approach is that the important visual and auditory connections are often non-existent or missing. It just becomes another fun activity or art project, an activity most older students want no part of. (laughs) In my view, the most important thing about using multisensory tasks or activities is to fully incorporate all the pieces, visual, auditory, and kinesthetic simultaneously. The student sees the letter, then says the letter name sounds while tracing, writing, or typing the letter. In its simplest form at the single letter level, all of this can be done with letter cards the students can trace with their finger. All the other bells and whistles aren't needed and in some cases are distraction. That said, I will definitely whip out different kinesthetic modalities to engage or re-engage a student as long as I also keep the simultaneous visual and auditory pieces intact. If you have any further questions about multisensory instruction, please feel free to sneak into my inbox. And if you loved what you've learned so far, please give our little podcast a five-star rating. We would so appreciate it. Until next time, bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Literacy Untangled. If you loved this episode as much as I did, head on over and rate and subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you want to continue the conversation or share your takeaways, head on over to our Instagram at literacy untangled and comment on your favorite part. I can't wait to hang out with you again soon. Bye.